Welcome to Health Over Hype, the show where we cut through all the online noise, the bad diets, the influencer gurus telling you to eat 10 avocados a day on TikTok. No, we're going to be speaking to real health and fitness experts, and they're going to be giving you long-term, sustainable tips for a sharp mind, a happy body, and a healthy lifestyle. Today, we are speaking with Bart Goodell. We're going to learn how to overcome chronic pain, how not to pull vault, the secret ingredient that might be missing from your breakfast, and the most dangerous thing that men over 50 do every single night. The show starts now. Welcome. I am excited to introduce just a really cool coach I stumbled across on LinkedIn, and I'm really excited to hear about his story. So I would like to introduce Bart Goodell. Bart is a fitness coach. He helps people overcome chronic pain to get back to their functional pain-free life, which is such an exciting field because I know so many people are struggling with that. I've got people in my immediate family that this is an ongoing battle, and it's so important to help out with that. Um, so, Bart, welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you, Steve. Nice to meet you, Bart. Really appreciate you uh, jumping on to do this. And uh, so I, what I love about working with fitness coaches is really hearing their story of how they became coaches, because what I find more often than not is that it, it's something that people stumble into. It wasn't uh, mm-hmm. ever a goal. It was just something that kind of happened and it became your, their life's work. So I love hearing that story. But when, when I came across your story on LinkedIn, it just jumped right off the page. Uh, like I had literal anxiety reading your LinkedIn bio, which I've, I've never had happen before. So I, I really wanted to, yeah, that's why I reached out to you. But like, you know, you'd be the perfect guest for this podcast. And, you know, mm-hmm. so let, I just want to open the floor up to you. Just tell me your story and how this all came about. Well, first off, uh, thanks for the, the compliment on the, the LinkedIn profile. For me, the reason I, I put that profile picture up is I have had tons and tons of wonderful coaches and mentors. For me, it wasn't really a big surprise that I went into coaching. One, because I love coaching, but I've been coached so much. And I saw these people who inspired me and uh, I respected and loved and who, who gave me so much philosophy of how to be an athlete. So Kind of going back, what brought me around to my story of um, uh, that I have on LinkedIn. I, as a world-class athlete, you're always pushing yourself. You're working hard. I was working a job. I was uh, training geez, six, eight hours a day sometimes. Uh, and of course, it was about 10 to 11 months of training a year, traveling in there. This and is as, uh, that, dec- as a decathlete, is, right? As just, a decathlete, just want right. to clarify what sport we're actually talking oh, about. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the decathlon. <laughs> and this is after football. And the reason I chose decathlon is no one was trying to tackle me. Uh, which is really nice, you know, uh, you nice. get to be an athlete, but no one tries to tackle you. Not that I didn't enjoy football. I just didn't want to take it any further. Yeah. So, you know, could I made it in the NFL? It's like, no, because uh, emotionally, I just wasn't prepared to, to um, uh, really sacrifice that much. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch other people do it. Uh, but I was prepared to, to sacrifice in the decathlon. And I, and there's kind of like the hint of what was going on. I was su- sacrificing. I was working too hard. I was pushing myself too hard and um, uh, emotionally and physically. And one day I had a decath, excuse me, I had an open pole vault meet I was going to. And this is down in San Jose in 1987. And San Jose at that time still had the track team. And they were noticed, uh, see, I think Speed City, but it has just this rich history. So there were multiple 18 foot pole vaulters. And I said, hey, you know, great day. I'm going to 
you know, and I think we had a little bit of wind. The weather wasn't too bad, maybe a little cold. It was end of January, like it, it is now here, but it was still a beautiful day. But uh, I was a little bit tired and I had too high expectations. I was pushing myself too much and I wasn't prepared emotionally. I was thinking 16 or 17 feet in the vault. And really, I should have been preparing for my uh, opening height of uh, 14 and a half, 15 feet. I forgot what it was, but it wasn't much more than that. And I know I did that day, which was very disappointing because I'd gone down there and I wanted to do it. And I lived in San Mateo, so it wasn't like I traveled for hours, right? Yeah. And just but, to, for those of yeah, us who ahead. aren't decathlete experts, so what does no heighted mean? I mean, did you like mm. try to go up and then land? Like, I just got this image, you crashed yeah. into the ground, which is awful. So, so what is so that? That happened. That's happened before, but that isn't what happened that day. No, um, open, when you have an opening height, you have three attempts to make that height. And I didn't make that height in those three attempts. So I got no height. And I wasn't allowed to go up and vault at a higher height or take more vaults or anything. So it's not like practice. There's a, well, not a sudden death, but there is a definite uh, limit to how many attempts you can take. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do well that day. And that was the only event I was doing. I'm done early for the day because I didn't vault anymore. And it was a little bit uh, annoyed with myself. So I went to the gym, lifted far too heavy. And I said, you know, at least I'll get a hard workout in. I'll make myself feel good. <laughs> and that's kind of beating myself up instead of yep. contemplating what I did. And we hadn't scheduled a workout or anything. I just decided that's what I was going to do. Went to the gym and uh, did a nice hard workout. Hey, yay me. And then I woke up the next morning and my back was just tied up. I could get out of bed. It was uncomfortable going to the bathroom. And then all I could do is make it in the living room and lay on my back with my legs on the couch. That's the only comfortable position I had. Got a heating pad, put it on there, ice, heat. And then I had to, and that's Sunday, I had to go ahead and call my coach up because he was... He had a away meet that weekend, and I had to talk to him, and I think he may have called me up, or I called him up. Probably it was him calling me, because I was too ashamed. Because to, I had to tell him, I, you know, I went down, no hided, and then I went to the gym and hurt myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things your coach never wants to hear from you. Right, that couldn't have been a fun call. No, no, no. I, he, he's a wonderful person, but yeah, it wasn't a wonderful call. You know, I was a little bit ashamed that I had beat myself up that much, that I hadn't made a height, that... A couple of things. Maybe I was being too hard on myself at the time, um, but it was a little bit of the. It, it wasn't a little bit. It was the uh, kind of the uh, theme that was running through me too much as an athlete because I raised a football player. You know, hit them harder. Yeah. You know, turned out just hit harder. Put your head down, <laughs> just run into them, tackle them, all that kind of mentality. Yep. You know, long ways from your heart, just rub a little dirt on it. You'll be fine. Yep. Walk it off. <laughs> exactly. How many fingers will hold up? Doesn't matter. Just get back out there. Yep. So <clears throat> a little too much of that football mentality. And it took from that point that went and saw the doctor and he said, yeah, you got a bulge disc and it's pinching on a nerve and that's why you can't walk without that funny little lean to the left. Actually, it was to the left. That's kind of just walking like this, getting in and out of my car. So I then started going to therapy and three months later, I was able to slowly start training again. I did try to compete in the, the um, the national championships, but I was, I was half one arm behind my back or one back behind my back, whatever you want to say, and <clears throat> didn't do well that year. And it was an important year because it was the second world championships. And, you know, you always want to kind of get a roll on and then go into the Olympic year with success and, and confidence. And I was doing exactly the opposite. I was limping into the Olympic year now. Now, that being said, it did. A, it started something, and I started um, journaling 
at that time. Now I knew journaling is important, but I just wasn't doing it. I wasn't taking the time. I started journaling at the time, uh, noting my noting down everything was kind of what I was feeling that kind of, and not everything because, you know, I just begun. So I really didn't have a, a good self-awareness, but it started the ball. So I was able to at least have a good uh, 1988 did well at the trials, but while I was doing all the exercises that they showed me in the physical therapy, I was, in fact, I was doing 500 different exercises just to start my day every morning. Well, it, you know, it's, it's, it was just a warm up. It was, but it was a start of my day. I would do the front side, the sides, I was doing the back. But <clears throat> at the time, this is 1988, 1987, 1988, um, the exercises were very rudimentary. We didn't really have an understanding of how the core works, what its main goal and job is for us. And so you're just kind of doing exercise. You're just making stuff up, see how it yeah. works. Yep. But that was my start. Then after I was all done with track and field in 92, I still had the back issues. It wasn't bad, but I couldn't throw a discus real hard. I was afraid to really be... Um, I couldn't lift heavy weights. I wouldn't squat in heavy weights. I could do stuff. I could run around. I could jump, but I, I was still limited. How's that? Right. And I was 85%, maybe 90%. And I'm still just about 30 years old at the time. And so I'm going like, I, I would wake up with a bad back. I would I'd wake up with a stiff back. and I can't handle this. Uh, there's exercises I couldn't do still. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just started playing with myself and then playing with my clients. And I started seeing um, these uh, uh, like synergies and, and I call them synergies or um, complementary muscles, how they work in, in the physiological world. You have agonist and um, antagonists. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of has a little bit of they're fighting one another uh, philosophy, right? What I look at it is like they have a complementary nature. And that's what I started realizing. What happened was my abs weren't strong enough and, and trained enough and coordinated enough to be as complementary as my back. So they weren't complimenting one, uh, my, myself. I wasn't complimenting, complimenting myself both sides. And so my back tended to overwork, and so it made mm -hmm. it sore. Once I started realizing this, then I could actually start devising exercises that coordinated and strengthened my abs and the obliques and the TVA relative to the rector muscles and the QLs or the quadratus lumborum. Once I learned how to then coordinate all those muscles and movement patterns, um, and that's all I'm really doing what I do with my clients now is I teach them how to use those muscles. And once they learn, they're able to then slowly, as the, the back muscles relax and the, the uh, rest of the core muscles start taking up the load and their job, they're able to complement it. Once you have this full complementary nature of the core, then the back pain can go away. And if it ever comes back, because you sat on a long flight to India or to, to mm -hmm. wherever you, you know, <laughs> um, or long car rides, like they now can come out, do their exercises. It's gone. They know how to combat it. So they're never um, dependent on me or anyone else to make themselves feel good. And that's really what uh, my goal was, or not goal, excuse me. That was my takeaway after all of this is, I was really good at hurting myself 
but I wasn't really good at making myself <laughs> feel good. Right. I know it sounds it sounds like ludicrous. It's like, why would you hurt yourself? It's that's just dumb. But no, you just some people have a gift. But I know I have a gift for it. Uh, it's funny you mentioned flights, like because I do a lot of traveling, and I just on the flight home from Seattle, I got off the plane, and within a day, I was I couldn't even walk. It's like as right. stupid yeah. as a four hour flight can just knock you on your butt. Um, so that you're absolutely right. Yeah, and so that's one of the things I teach my clients how to travel. You know, what to do before they get on the plane, what to do when they get off the plane, what to even do while they're in the airport or on the plane. So we, we do exercises. I'll have them go to the back, do some exercises. They feel their back starting to tighten up. And it really, if we just kind of follow us like, okay, I'm starting to get a little bit sore. What can I do to fix that or make myself feel good? And that's what I make myself feel good is my little mantra to myself. What can I do? And so that's what I'm always trying to figure out for myself. And then I teach my clients and everybody universally uh, appreciates it yeah. that we're, I'm teaching them how to make themselves feel good, not beat themselves up, which of course I, I, I was really good at. I mean, I'm world-class, but <laughs> being world-class is something that's not good for me is not really, right. I, I finally was, realized, you know, uh, what's I, what I love about your story is like, it wasn't, you know, you went through the injuries, but then you, you found a way to make mm -hmm. that serve not only you but then turn around and help other people with it so oh, that's I, what was so exciting about it. it's like wow this you know you you literally stumble like some people stumble into it but like you literally fell into this i think fell into it is a, yeah yeah is, is a, it's a good word phrase. For right right yeah. uh, um you know many people have i mean i i didn't develop this whole mentality on my own i did start taking yoga like in 91 Mm -hmm. and um you know in the beginning it was i'm gonna take something that kind of relaxes me and there's cute girls in tights and and, and not trying to be you know rude or anything about it. it's like but it's certainly nice to hear these nice people none of them want to tackle me and they're all hey that was nice stretching today it's like <laughs> wow positive feedback and so i i started going like well could i be more positive feedback so i don't want to be a drill sergeant as a as a personal yeah. trainer. you know it's a personal training. it's like no nah, no nah, push you can do it it's like i don't do that anymore and I find that when I give my uh, clients space uh, and I give them like a framework of how they can start working and, and making themselves feel good. And in time, I give them space. They're going like, yeah, no, put some more weight on there. It's not heavy enough. They're the ones telling me they want to go harder. Right. I didn't have to say anything. But I first have to get them to kind of understand. It's like, you know, make yourself feel good. And then when you feel good, it's a great indicator that, you know, maybe you're ready for the next step. And too often we're going like, you push yourself regardless, because I say to, which is a little bit of that. And my coach never did that. He was always asking me, you know, how do you feel? This is our workout today. Oh, I'm good. I'm ready to go do that workout. But a lot of times, you know, I was disassociating because I had that mantra, just go harder, just go yeah. harder. There's a wall, hit it with your head. That'll knock it over. And, and, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I exaggerate a little bit. I wasn't quite that bad, but right. But that that was the upbringing that that we had, like football, you know, like mm -hmm. I had taekwondo, and like all that. Like you you go as hard oh, yeah. until you're bleeding, right? And, right. and, and hey, what, we can put that finger back in the joint. It's all right. <laughs> you just pop fine. it back in. It's put some fine. tape on there. Keep just tape going. it up. You're good. Um, so that's that's really interesting to hear. And I'm really started. The more coaches I talk to, and the more testimonials and their clients that we talk to that, that like, you know, what did you love most about training with, you know, with Bart or, you know, that coach and, and what we're hearing over and over is like, 
the positive feedback that, you know, not in my face, but just being support and really creating that belief. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the, and it, it's, it's kind of hard. Like we've been in the gym our whole lives for the most part, but that person who's never set foot in the gym, that's terrifying. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that belief is just, is nowhere to be found. And so to find someone who has that positive <laughs> reinforcement, like, yes, you can do this. Uh, I think that's what people are finding more valuable than anything. Then, like you said, a drill sergeant is just like, yeah, let's do 300 pushups. Right. That, that's not going to get them where they need to be. Uh, they need to get their head right first. And it sounds like you're doing that. Right. The head. The, well, you're always looking for the weakest link in your chain. And you're thinking, what's my chain? It's like, is that my ankle or is it my shoulder? It's, like, it's the weakest link. And paying attention to our feelings. So I'll ask you, how do you feel today? And uh, they're never allowed to say fine. Now you could, I could probably say it more better, more better. Yeah. I can probably say it better. <laughs> and it's, what feelings are you, do you have today? What do you, what are your feelings that you have going on right now? And uh, I, I kind of was just listening to a book that um, by Bessel van de Kolk. And um, as opposed to asking, how are you today? You know, which is uh, not quite a leading enough question. Let's go ahead and go deeper. So what feelings do you have today? And he had some other uh, ways of phrasing it. So you're not saying mm-hmm. the same thing every day. And I like that. So that's what I do with my clients. And so they go ahead and start. It's like, yeah, I woke up, my elbow's a little bit off. So you may have slept on it. And frankly, the people I tend to work with are the 45 plus group. Yeah. Definitely at the age of 50, the most dangerous thing that a 50 year old man and, and woman, but I, I see this more in my men is most dangerous thing we do is sleep, sleep on our shoulder, wake up and our shoulder mm-hmm. hurts, our neck's tight. And it's the most dangerous thing we do. I'm like, wow. So I, I also, uh, we, I help to set them up for their sleeping, fixing their pillow, uh, side sleeping and put a pillow between the knees and stuff like this. And I actually, uh, uh forward a, a video to him from this, uh, this monk and he, it's called the five wives, <laughs> but it's five fellows and you right, set yourself right. up. That's, but, it seems like such a small, stupid thing, but like, I literally, again, that it, I can't remember if that was connected to the Seattle trip or not, but I think it was like a week <clears> later that I literally. And I'm 48 for the record. So I'm right in that mm-hmm. danger zone you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you're on the cl- precipice. I, I'm, yeah. I'm on the precipice and I've always had, you know, just like weird sleep issues and, and whatever, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm starting to, my hand falls asleep more, but I literally woke yeah. up and throughout the course, I like just slipped just from sleeping wrong. I was immobilized, but like, I literally couldn't even get off the couch. I was almost in tears just from sleeping wrong. So it's like, right. I'm like, this is so stupid. So that's, yeah, that that's a really smart thing to be going after because it's it's necessary at this point in life. Well, in in the decathlon, in personal training, and in, in all of the uh, exercises, you know, sleep. You have to eat well, sleep mm-hmm. well, uh, think good thoughts, uh, exercise well. Okay, you said well, but how do I do that? Where's the how in all this? And that's where probably probably my forte is the how aspect of it. Sure. Um, I just, okay. So what'd you do? Okay. And I look at them. All right, this is what we're going to do. And then I teach them how they can fix themselves when I'm not around. Cause ultimately, you know, I'm going to fall off the end of the earth one of these days. Right. I, I want people to be able to, and, and it's not really, I'm not trying to make a, a long time clients unless they want to be with me. Right. But you know, if someone wants to work with me for three months or six months just to get their back right or their shoulder fixed. And then I don't want to just go ahead and fix them and leave them off to their device. I'm, I want to change their lifestyle. Sure. 
so they know how to, well, I want to teach them how to change the lifestyle so they can just go on. I feel that's much better. Yeah, to do the whole that. teach a person to fish <laughs> mentality. Exactly. Uh, which I okay. firmly, firmly um, believe in for sure, because it's all about, uh, and especially in, in the well, fitness industry yeah. where it's just like one fad diet after another and people are hopping from this to that and the other thing. And the only people mm -hmm. that have true success are those that can make a lifestyle change, right? Um, and the best coaches right, are the right. ones that can, you know, get them to to change their lives. This is not something that it's just something you do every day from here on out. And, you know, you live a better life as a result. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's, well, uh, you're, you're being honest. That's yeah. the issue. Right, right. Uh, I do. We're running a little tight honest. on time. So I would... life, you're gonna... Yeah. yeah oh, so please, I want go, to, go. yeah, as in, uh, yeah, just there's so much, we could be talking for the next three hours, <laughs> especially because oh, I'm relating so much to what we're you're not saying. going to. Ah, not today, but uh, yeah, I do want to uh, talk about, we've talked a little bit about uh, who we can serve here. You know, so it's, it sounded like people like me that travel a lot, uh, gentlemen in their older forties, but um, uh, is there well, anyone I work with else? Women in, as well. Okay. Just so is there anyone specific is, that you think is a really good fit for what you're doing? Let's put it that way. Um, you know, specific is that 45 plus males. One, because I work with the males, we have kind of the same, um, growing up childhood in the United States. Not that it doesn't, you know, we don't have it in other nations. It turns out uh, there's a lot of strong affinities for other cultures as well. Um, but really my uh, forte is that 45 plus males. I have females that are 60, 70 years old that love to work with me. One, because they end up being the strongest of a group of people that are over the age of 50. I have 70 year old women who are the strongest one in the room, whether they're men or women. Right. They are not afraid to walk over and pick up something that weighs 200 pounds. Because if it is too heavy, they just put it down. They don't care. People go, that's too heavy for you. It's like, no, it's not. And they they love that. I'm really, they like to show off a little bit, I believe. Right, right. That's so cool. So, <laughs> I dig it. So to say that uh, I shouldn't work with, it's like, no, nah, I, I, I like to work with anyone. Really. Okay. But m I'm just more interested in if you're injured and you need help. Right. One, because those people... I don't want to say they're desperate. They're definitely motivated. Right. 100%. And, and I like working with those people motivated because then they start doing exercises. They do them on their own. They see the benefits and they're very happy that I've taught them how to take care of themselves. And yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of seeding it, seeding my uh, clients, but it's just the people I tend to work with. And that's who I am too. You know, I'm a baby boomer with aches and pains. Sure. Uh, oh, totally makes sense. And especially with, with your background and your journey, um, yeah. it's just, it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and you're definitely motivated. Like I, so take us on another tangent, but like I, I've been through no, this personally no. where, you know, I threw it's like 20 years ago, I threw out my back and I went to like weeks and weeks of physical therapy and, and mm -hmm. nothing and it wasn't until I, I met a chiropractor who actually took x-ray like did he even <laughs> like he actually took time to to listen to me and find out what was mm -hmm. going on versus the, you know the system which just tends to like oh those are the same <laughs> here's the program yeah. it's it's so prescribed and, and and there's no looking at the individual person or, or lo really looking at what they're going mm -hmm. through which it sounds like that's what you do oh it has to be so oh. I, I think that's just fantastic. And to kind of like to, to just finish it, my true superpower is that I'm really, really good. I have two, as I said, uh, the problem solving, but really 
uh, and I had to develop this one. <clears throat> and it may not come across, but as listening, listening to my uh, clients. Yeah. And it's really, it's a key. They, it's, they're telling me everything I, that I need to know. Right, right. It's, I think I've got a mindset coach. It's like, when I hear you, I can help you. Um, yeah. So I, I love that. Um, we do want to give our listeners some uh, specific things they can start working on today. So if you had like one to three tips of things that uh, even, you know, just after listening to this, I could go out and live a slightly more pain-free life. What, what would so, you say those are? We'll work on the first thing. Um, first thing, first thing is um, drink about 32 ounces of fluid within the first two hours of your day. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we, we, excuse me for being explicit, but we pee before we go to sleep. Yep. We breathe, we'll lose more fluids then, and then we pee when we get up. You can easily lose 20 or 30 ounces of fluids um, uh, overnight. And that means you're behind. That means for everything that's going to be going on from that point on, from after you get done peeing in the morning, you're behind. And when um... you're behind like that, your blood pressure goes up. You're a little bit sluggish. Your yep. blood flows really, really slowly. I mean, it's just like tick, tick tick instead of just going dig, 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 through the veins your heart has to work harder and there's your blood pressure and you just don't feel good inflammations stay because you know inflammation inflammation is the key to all pain um and it, it's there for a reason you know uh all the things that happen that go on with uh inflammation um all the kinds that go on all the cholesterol that comes along all, all that stuff is there to go ahead and heal a system but the problem is when you're sleeping and then you and you get dehydrated and you wake up is that your blood's moving slowly. So we're not getting a lot of oxygen. So the metabolism has slowed down significantly. So the inflammation just sits there. So you wake up, ah, my back hurts. You go take a shower, you move around. Hey, it feels a little better. Well, that's the, the heat gets some circulation, especially in that spot. If you put the mm -hmm. hot water on your back and it starts easing and feeling better, it's just stimulating vasodilation circulation. If I were to also do that water first thing, I want to start drinking water. Now, here's the other thing is I actually drink water with salt. And uh, you know, people in doctors will tell you that uh, salt is uh, bad for you, yada, yada, yada. Um, salt's not bad for you at all. Bad salt's bad for you. And so when you eat these salts that are high with iodine and high in sodium, and these tend to be industrial salts that they then package up and they give to human beings, what you want to have is Celtic sea salt, or Himalaya sea salt. These two sea salts have a vast majority, like 83 and 79 of the minerals that we need to exist as uh, human beings and, and mammals for that matter. So I'm going to get this salt with water first thing in the morning. And that helps because my, my blood is actually about 7.46 on the pH scale. So this is just number one we're talking about. Sorry, I'm going on, but this is vitally important. You know, how long do you live without water and how long do you live without salt? And the only primary, uh, only um, nutrient you need more is oxygen. Oxygen, you get six minutes. Water, you get three days. Salt, about uh, seven days. Without those, you die. Okay? okay? So that's why they're so vitally important for circulation, uh, for the circulating of oxygen in your body, for then the metabolism uh, in and around all the cells mostly in the cells, but all of those things, uh, the water and the salt are vitally important. That's why when you go in the hospital, what's the first thing they give you? Saline solution. Oh, that's yeah. Because they want that blood uh, 
the, the volume of blood, which is, of course, when I drink, I'm increasing the volume of blood slowly. And so there I, I'm going to take care of, you know, maybe I take care of 10 to 20 percent of my pain. Just to, and I feel better now that I got some water in. Then the next thing, so that's number one. Then the next okay. thing would be light exercises first thing in the morning, stretching. It's, you can spend 10, 15 minutes stretching and make yourself feel pretty darn good. You know, it doesn't have to be anything drastic, uh, just mm -hmm. some easy exercises. And I show my clients, this is what you do. First thing in the morning, 10 minutes, and then you're ready to go. Your knees are loose, your back is loose, your hips are loose, your shoulders are loose, and you're ready to go do stuff. And you're functional, which, especially as we get older, because uh, tripping and falling for people over the age of 50, especially men, unsurprising, or surprisingly, is um, in the top 10 for... Um, causation of death yeah yeah so if we go ahead and uh have that blood flowing now i'm going to have better contrast because i have more blood flow so my brain can actually see the step a little bit better grab the handle just we're just more awake and functional and that's just some fluids and some easy exercises that get the the fluids to move around or the blood circulation sure you know, we've, we've taken so care simple, of it but, it's, but yeah. it's something that it's so easy and, to neglect and no no doctor no health expert is saying, well, now that's not true anymore. I take that back. You know, that there are people on YouTube, which is wonderful. They're starting to say that, you know, the primary thing you need to do first thing in the morning is drink water. It's nice to see people, uh, you know, and I, I'm not originating this. This is stuff I've learned from my mentors that how important hydration is, but I put in hydration. It's not just fluids. It's also fluids and salt. Yeah. So I make and, my own Gatorade, essentially. Exactly. You're the first person to, you know, I've heard, obviously, you know, drink water in the morning and I've started doing it, but, you know, I like that you've gotten an actual <laughs> quantity. We're like, what did you say, 32 ounces? At least 32 ounces, right. In the first two hours and then mix in some, uh, yeah, I've never heard mixing sea salt with that. So that's right. awesome. And you're just, you're literally just mixing that salt with the water, like. Well, so in the beginning up. with my clients. How does that taste? I, That's going to be like. Well, the, you'd be surprised. Yeah. You have a glass of water and you have, you just put some salt in your palm. Hey, you put some salt in your palm. Doesn't that be yeah. very much? Okay. And I'll just lick it. I'll lick it and take a drink, lick it and take a drink. <laughs> if, right. if I go ahead and lick it the next time, go like, That's too much. You can either drink it or just spit it out. So here's the whole thing is our, our salt taste is exquisite. I mean, to down to the like, okay, that's three granules too much. We have that ability if you train it. Uh, chefs train all the time. They put just a little salt in, they go like this, they taste it perfect, right? Yeah. They practice it. They do that with all a bunch of herbs. They do that with flavors. They know how to balance it, but they're trained to do that, of course. But we have the four flavors on our tongue, and they're all there for a reason. And I tend to teach my clients how to make their own Gatorade. And you can make Gatorade with anything. I use lemon juice. You can use lime juice. You can use aloe vera juice. You can use, um, I, you can use a little bit of apple juice. But you don't have to do very much. You just put a little bit. I mean, really, at the bottom of your glass, you put that much, and you put that 32 ounces of water. You can still taste the apple. Um, you put a little salt, and you already have the sweetness of the apple. It's like it balances on your oh, tongue too. Yep. It makes it so much easier to drink. I'm serious. You're going. It's so hard to drink 32 ounces of plain water. When I make the salt water, or I make my Gatorade. And again, I call it Gatorade. So I'm, you know, I got a right to pass, uh, right to infringement right there, right? Copyright, but <laughs> it's still good. But if you drink Gatorade or any of the other power drinks or, or electrolyte drinks, you're not getting proper salt, you're getting sugar, and you're getting usually 
there are fake tastes. So yeah. I make my own Gatorade. I know I'm getting organic, fresh squeezed lemon. I only put that much in there. I put in the salt. I know I'm getting, so I know what the ingredients are when I put in. And I used uh, reverse osmosis water as well. I'm okay. not a big tap water fan. Yeah, I hear that. But then, remember, that's just one. Number two is just to exercise, do some stretching. Use light stretching. Uh, three, we're running out of time. So real quickly, what's number three? The next one is exercise every day. Okay. And you're not exercising just for your body. You're exercising for your brain as well. Absolutely. So yeah. if you want to turn that that 10-minute warm-up into a 45-minute stretching session, mm-hmm. there's your workout. So we've got uh, waking up in the morning. We're going to drink our 32 ounces of water. We're going to mix in some... Himalayan sea salt and maybe a, a dash mm-hmm. of apple juice if that's what we need to get it down. But uh, getting mm-hmm. that's going to restore all our, not all of it, but a, uh, a, quite a bit of our minerals that we need. Right. It gets you started. Gets you, gets you going. And then we're going to be doing some stretching. Just 10 to 15 minutes can make a huge difference. Basically, it sounds like the whole goal of all this is blood flow. Right. Uh, it is really going to help with the inflammation, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you're in my boat where you're allergic to aspirin and ibuprofen and all that, then this is, this is so key. Yeah. I, I really appreciate uh, you sharing that. I'm going to be putting it to use pretty quick uh, again, because we are a little getting crunched on time, but I do want people to know how, you know, where, where they can get a hold of you so that actually get these fantastic recipes and, and start working with you. So what is well, the best you... way to get a hold of you, Bart? So in the past, I, I really haven't done any uh, big thing, but I'm on LinkedIn, and okay. it's just my name, probably the best place to get a hold of me. Okay. Um, I even I'm just now putting a, a, a post up so you can go in. In fact, um, I'll finish putting that in. Thank you for like uh, reminding me. I'll put that in. It's like you can come in and schedule a half hour session, just mm-hmm. just you and me, and it's complimentary because a lot of this I spread it around. The only thing I ask is you do get something out of it tell your friends because mm-hmm. you know I, I do need to make money um but on the other hand um a lot of times if i just talk with 10 people they have one friend that i work with that needs more specialized but a lot of people just need 10 or 15 minutes a half an hour of talking with me and that's all they need Absolutely. they don't need the intensive one-on-one some people do when and that's what i've found is really i've talked with people for 15 minutes and i showed them a couple of things and then they come back a year later and they're pl- back to playing golf or running a marathon or whatever. They just needed a little help. And I, I'm just as happy to help them in that 15 minutes, half hour as, as I am working with someone in the long term. But anyway. Okay. Oh, so that's great. I'm on LinkedIn and, yeah. under Bart Goodell. And Bart, if you do come up with that link, just send it to me and, and I'll definitely, I'll drop it. Uh, you know, I'll, when we do post this podcast, I'll put that link down. And uh, that's very generous of you um, to open that up. And it's- Well, I like, to, if you hadn't noticed, I like to talk and I love helping <laughs> That's uh, Yeah, that's I, the- I learn and they learn and we all have fun. Health Over Hype is hosted and produced by yours truly, Steve Gast. The music that you're jamming to right now is called Big City Lights by Icolix. Please like and subscribe everywhere you do get your audio podcast fix. And above all, have a happy, healthy life.